Hey everyone, Drew Paglieri back with a power spread analysis on all things football. Wow, that's all I gotta say. So much for the wacky weekend. If there was any wackiness, this was the wackiness. All favorites won, except for one. Most of the games weren't close. There was probably only one really good game. There was one great first quarter between Kansas City and the Steelers with high-level football, partially the second quarter as well. Um, I'll talk about that in another podcast. Uh, the Dallas game, I would not call that a good game, and I'll talk about that, that in another podcast. Uh, the, the game, to me, the best game of the weekend was the very first game, Bengals and Raiders, and that's the, the game I'm going to talk about right now. So to me, it wasn't wacky, and that was the wackiness. After such a wacky season... Wow, that this is what we got. So we'll see what happens next weekend. But anyway, I thought the Raiders came out somewhat flat. And after the year they had, it was understandable. And I thought they might implode at one point, which I mentioned in my preview podcast that they might. And I was really starting to think, are they going to go? Because the Bengals were on the verge of taking this thing, you know, blowing it open in the first half. But, the, but as they have been all year, the Raiders fought us against the world. They hung on, kept it tight. Even with a terrible call on that touchdown pass to Boyd in the end zone where the whistle blew, and they, they should have just been replayed, and the Bengals got a touchdown, they still fought. Penalties, they still fought. Injuries, they still fought. And led by the great Derek Carr. I have huge respect for this guy right now. What a gritty performance. He's been doing it all year. He's been probably doing it most of his career. I've not been a guy that watched him a lot. I, I know who he was. I've watched him, but... I just thought his he had sheer guts, determination, ten down ten late in the game, and almost by his sheer will and experience and the us against the world mindset of the team, they almost pulled that. And if that goes into overtime, I'm going for the Raiders. So because the, the Bengals and experience was showing up in spots, not like Arizona on Monday. Arizona was a deer in headlights. That's a different. I'll do a whole podcast on Arizona. I'm going to do because. I really needed to pick the Rams in that. I, that was a mistake on my part. Did I think the Rams would absolutely obliterate them? No, but I'll get back to that in another podcast. Uh, but, that, but yeah, the, the Arizona looked terribly inexperienced. The Bengals had some of that, some of the missed opportunities in the first half, then a little bit of adjustment by the Raiders' D in the second half, and they almost totally shut, you know, they, they struggled. But they did what they had to do. Uh, Zach Taylor, great leader, did what he had to do. Burrow, a little bit of nerves, but did what he had to do. Good job. Uh, and another thing, the fans. Big, big thing. I mean, Zach Taylor and his culture is about communication. And he does it from the owner all the way down through to the fans. He pleaded for them. We need a 12th man. Come on, guys. And the fans were crazy wild, and it helped, no doubt. Uh, both defenses were kind of uh, passive in the beginning, which I said could happen. But Anarumo got aggressive first, which I also said would happen. After the first drive, he started to get more aggressive. And then Bradley didn't get the, – the Raider defensive coordinator, Gus Bradley, didn't get aggressive to the second half. And even then wasn't that aggressive. Uh, I think part of that is because, you know, his defensive backs, and I mentioned this, are a big edge to the Bengals on the defensive backs. Uh, the, the, the Chargers, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Raiders just don't have that defensive backfield right now. 
And in my opinion, that's why Bradley's being so conservative. He plays it safe, protect against a deep pass, against the, especially against the Bengals. What did the Bengals do then? They just killed them. I mean, they killed them. You know, he's playing too deep, cover two, cover six, a lot. A lot of times people think there's a cover two and it's really a cover six. You have to watch. Cover two is when the two safeties go back deep and cover the, each half of the field, but towards the sideline each. Cover six is when the one safety plays up tight and the cornerback goes back and, his, and they each have one quarter of the field. So the cornerback has a quarter of the field. A safety has a quarter of the field. That's, that's cover four. And then on the other side, the, the safety has the deep half and the cor- cornerback is playing up in short zone. That's cover two. That's a cover six. That happens a lot because it looks like two safeties are deep and everybody says it's cover two, but a lot of times you got to watch, most of the time, the one safety comes up. They can't just leave two safeties so deep against the run game. But they do. That's, they'll play some cover two. It's a mix. And, you know, Bradley had some cover one, some cover two, but a lot of cover six. And uh, the Bengals killed it just with the short pass game. A lot of good short passing game. Screen pass to Mixon early on was big. Uh, in fact, the Bengals' offense came out real aggressive. They had, uh, you know, some of the jet sweep stuff to uh, the great uh, young re- freshman, you know, uh, rookie receiver they have there. Who, you know what, Chase? <laughs> I was going to forget this guy, Chase. So they had some jet sweeps to Chase. They went down the sideline to Chase. They had some good screen passes. All the stuff I said would probably happen. A little bit of RPO. Uh, and then uh, some option routes, some like those old air raid verticals, run and shoot option routes. I mean, a little bit of everything in there, like a multiple PS Pro, right? And on fourth and one, but I, but it's really more a Gilman. As I'm learning about him, and I'll get back to that in a minute, it's more Gilman, uh, Taylor stuff. But I, I saw that there was a fourth and one that it looked like there was an option on this. But I'm not sure. It almost looked like Brady had the option to either sneak it or do a fly sweep. And I'm not sure if that was true. So in other words, you get up to the line of scrimmage, get under center. You have a guy in motion, a receiver. If they're all lined up in the middle to block that QB sneak, you do the fly sweep and you go outside. If they're not lined up in the middle, you do a quick QB sneak. It looked like he had that option. But anyways, I thought that was kind of interesting. Now, back to the defenses. Like I said, conservative all first half by Bradley and the Bengals took advantage and it made it easier for a a first-time playoff quarterback and a rookie or second-year guy. One way to check in and see, hey, is this guy's scheme working or not? Besides watching, you know, besides watching the, the play on the field, which is obviously the best way, but some of the, like, I see danger signs. I see warning signs. And for instance, the Raiders got Corey Littleton from the Rams. And he was playing what Wade Phillips, the great defensive coordinator and aggressive defensive coordinator said, Corey Littleton was like the best defensive cover guy out there. He said he's ahead of his time in, in, in coverage from the linebacker position. Now, he's a, he was undrafted free agent because he's on the small side. He's only about 225, 6'3". 6-2, whatever, on the small side. And he didn't run a good 40 time, you know, I think 4-7. That's relatively slow for a small linebacker. But he moves fast. In fact, Gus Bradley, he's now on the, you know, the Raiders, and Gus Bradley said he moves fast. So there's field fast. So he's moved up. But he was also a very smart guy. He came from Washington under Chris Peterson. 
You got to be smart to play for Peterson. You got it, and you learn a lot from that guy. This guy, that's why he was so good in the coverage scheme of, of Wade Phillips. So he was dynamite. The Raiders get him, and suddenly he's no good. Now, Paul Gunther was the coordinator, defensive coordinator for the Raiders last year, and there were more troubles than just scheme. Paul Gunther's schemes aren't that bad. Uh, they're along the line of Mike Zimmer and some other things. They're not terrible, but um, I think there was something more – they weren't – something wasn't working, communication sinking together. He's gone. In comes Gus Bradley. He does have the culture working, and that's not a surprise. He's really good at that with the kids – I mean with the, the players. But he's been conservative, I think – more than he was at Jacksonville, but not as much as he was before that. <laughs> so, I mean, he really, his most aggressive is Jacksonville. Again, I think he bases a lot on talent. Like, he, he doesn't want to take a risk if, like, for instance, the defensive backs aren't that good at the Raiders, so he doesn't want to take that risk as much. So he's got a lot of deeper zone going on, okay? And Littleton is dropping deep and letting a lot of stuff come underneath and then maybe overcompensating for that and then letting the middle the middle stuff get through i mean there's he's just messing up within the scheme and and i and i read an article this guy said well the rams were playing a cover 1 or cover 3 and you know bradley's playing a cover 2 not true the guy showed it on film too and there were two safeties back there but he wasn't paying attention one of the safeties was already moving up it's a cover six. That safety moving up is going to take a quarter of the field. The cornerback will take a quarter of the field. That's cover four. And on the other half, one of the safeties goes deep, and the, and the cornerback takes the short zone. That's cover two. So it's a two plus a four. That's a cover six. That's what a lot of people are doing now. That's what they, they got it from college. It helps with these spreads. You help in the running game of the spread, but power spread, but also the pass. Now, Bradley's doing a lot of cover six. I think back with the Jacksonville, he was doing much more cover one, mixing it up more, mixing up blitzes a little bit in the front. He was never a big blitzer, but more than he is now. But the problem is, when I say linebackers are bailing out, there's two reasons. Man-to-man, and they've got to run with their guy, or zone where they're concerned about the deep zone and not get, you know, getting too much depth. And you have to just be alert. When you don't get as much depth, it's more risky, but you've got to be on the ball. And Littleton was great at that. And Wade Phillips was okay about being aggressive. Bradley's not. Littleton's too far back. Is all kinds of... Now, this guy Diablo, third-round draft pick, very good, really talented dude from uh, Virginia Tech. He was a safety. They put him down to linebacker. He's the same size as Littleton, and he's faster, and he's younger. And my guess is he's now getting the playing time. Unbelievable. Now they've got this huge contract on Littleton. They just fired, fired their GM like it's his fault. You know, it's, I don't know just because of that, but I'm just saying. It's a joke to me because it's a lot to do with the scheme again. And it's not just that. It's the concepts of the scheme. It's the techniques you want to teach, but it's more than technique. It's, it's the philosophy and what you're communicating to your players. Wade Phillips was communicating aggression. If Gus Bradley, from what I saw on the field and over the weekend, communicating a passive thing, that's not going to work for Littleton. And it might even be complicated because he likes to mix so much back there. And Wade Phillips didn't mix quite as much. He kept it more simple. So I think not only is Littleton being too passive, he's also confused a bit. Again, if Diablo is confused, he has the speed, he has the ability to make it up. Plus, I think they're getting ready to dump 
a contract or something. So you go with the younger guy. So that, that all goes into it. But when you, you can see little warning signs like that. You know, it, you've got to look. Now, sometimes it's just a player who's injured. A lot of times it's injury. These guys get beat up. A lot of times they just are done with football with mentally. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things that go into it. But this didn't make any sense. I thought it was great that he would be on the Raiders. I thought he'd be great for Bradley. And it's just not working out. And I can tell you it's the scheme. But let's get back to the Bengals. Uh, Anna Rumo in the second drive got aggressive with a linebacker safety blitz. Hendrickson got the sack and Ogunjobi recovered the fumble. So both of those players were injured later, by the way, and may be out of the next game. So that's unfortunate, but we'll see. The next series, Anna Rumo went with a 3-3. He likes to mix up the front. And what I uh, almost called that a full house. On the, on the defensive side, and he almost got a safety as Hubbard and Hill got the sack for the you know. So and it, the the coverage that that a different alignment and different coverage scheme sort of fooled uh, Carr there, uh, but he got somewhat conservative again right before the half. And Carr is gritty. It wasn't that conservative; it was a little bit conservative, trying to take a lead into halftime. And Carr got down the field, and then the second half, some conservative stuff again. Um, but he definitely mixed, and that's why Carr was able to get down the field because Carr's also very good. But uh, he definitely mixed more than Bradley overall. Bradley's just not as flexible. He had linebackers bailing everywhere. That's what made the big screen pass, some of the reverses, some of the, I think Burrow ran on one. Um, but in the second half, he did up the pressure. Uh, you know, again, I think what Bradley was looking at is he wanted to stop that run game, and he did. But he also wanted to make sure the deep pass was covered because he was worried about his D-backs. And it was easy for Burrow to hit those short passes. But because Bradley mixed it up a little more in the second half, it looked like Burrow was a little nervous with the lead and, and the team in general. And then so they struck, Bengals struggled more in the second half. But they still did good enough. They did what they had to do. So that's how the defenses went. Anarumo a little more aggressive. They got Bengals plus on the Bengals side. Now on the offenses, Bengals also a little more tricky. I mean, again... Carr was amazing, and he uses the Olsen, Greg Olson Pro PS, uh, which is something to do with Gruden. A lot of people think that – I think uh, Drew Brees, the commentator, was saying that Olsen's – this is a West Coast offense. Olsen is from Newmeyer and Erickson, Price and Tiller, Joe Tiller. That's a run-and-shoot type of thing that turned into a pro spread. But he's a total pro spread guy, but he did have some Gruden West Coast at one point. But he also had some Mike Malarkey, Malarkey – Malarkey and uh, Bratkowski, which is a Gilman flavor of pro spread and power. And then he had Doug Marone. He was under Doug Marone, which is a little more of East Coast, which is West Coast, but with a lot of tight ends and power. Then he did get under McVeigh, and Sean McVeigh has the mix of Gilman, West Coast, but it's not just a pure West Coast. You know, McVeigh's a Gilman pro, uh, power spread. And then then he got back under Gruden. Because he's under Gruden, but Gruden got fired, everybody thinks it's just West Coast. There's no way. Gruden wasn't, it's, it's, not, it's a pro spread with a West Coast plus a power spread flavor. It's got a mix. But overall, just call it a pro PS. So it was good stuff. And when he spreads it out and let Carr go to work, it's really good. And Carr even does some running and stuff. He, he, Carr you know, has done that power spread stuff in college. So um, put that all together and... Um, you know, good stuff by Olsen, just not as innovative as Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor, I was saying, was like a multiple PS Pro in my preview a bit or just a PS Pro. Not really. Not yet. When I saw this game, I realized it's really sort of like Sean McVay, Gilman PS Pro. 
but it doesn't have as much Gilman as Sean, but it has more PS. So I say Gilman PS Pro, whereas Sean McVay is a Gilman Pro PS AR because McVay has a lot of air raid. Now, again, there's some air raid in Zach Taylor's offense, but just a little bit compared to Gil, I mean, compared to uh, McVay. So McVay's got more of the pro power stuff, but uh, Taylor has a little bit of that. But that's why he has a, a pro at the end. He's a little bit of that pro power. But they both look like Gilman. McVay looks more like Gilman. So I think Zach Taylor is going to eventually come off the Gilman, <laughs> if that makes any sense, and go just PS Pro. Whether he'll go full PS Pro, I was starting to say, too, he's full PS Pro. After watching Andy Reid's offense this weekend, that's a joke. Andy Reid's full PS Pro all the way. Capital letters, full. I, I think with... Zach Taylor may get to a small letters full, like a little bit of full PS Pro. But I think more than anything, he's just going to move out of the Gilman into the PS Pro. But right now, it's got some Gilman-style base, but a PS Pro going on. Um, a little air raid, but not enough to put that in the identity for his, his scheme. Uh, and by the way, McVeigh's still doing air raid, even without Goff there. So I think that's interesting. Uh, that the main thing about all this, everybody's getting dizzy from my words. The main thing is aggressive like Sean McVay was finally on Monday but aggressive Zach Taylor okay and that made the big difference again Carr did great but Zach more aggressive on both the Bengals were just more aggressive and that pulled them through even with their um inexperience the, by the way special teams the kickers are just great I mentioned that before on both teams the kickers are great we had a lot of penalties. Some of that was the wacky stuff. You're going to have some wacky with the Raiders. It was going to happen. And then we had the injuries, and we'll see how the Bengals are going into the next playoff game. Um, and that's all. I mean, again, the Raiders fought, fought hard all year. The Bengals, Bengals are on fire, high morale, playing their best at the right time. It pulled them through. They overcame their inexperience. But can they do that on the road? against a very experienced Titans. Remember, the Raiders had a rough year, and they're not, they just, they haven't been to the playoffs. Titans have been there, done that. They're going to be at home. The Bengals, to win, are going to have to hit some of these verticals. They can't just do, and that will open up the run game. That's why they couldn't open up the run game here. It can't just be all short passes against the Titans. I don't believe that. And the Titans could control the clock some, now that Henry's back. So I'll have a preview on that coming up soon. And so that is a wrap here from the Power Spread Studios. This is Drew Paglieri. Until next time.